Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem Shalom Bayer, Shir number 350. Today, we're going to continue uh, talking about Ben Sian Schaefer's wonderful book called 10 Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make. And we talked about the two first mistakes. Today, we're going to talk about the third, and the third being forgetting that love is the glue to marriage. And before we start talking about this, um, we need to make it very clear that when he says that love is the glue to marriage, that doesn't mean that if there are days where it's just one of those off days or some off days where you don't have that fiery feeling of love, that means there's an issue. Um, It's acts of love. It's intellectually understanding that you love. And ultimately, the truth be told is if you do that, the feelings do come, come, come as well. And to want to generate those feelings and to have that as a goal. But again, in a, in a, in a realistic way, like we talked about in previous shiurim. And the one thing that's important to know is, is that love here is a choice. It's not just a feeling that you have no bechira over, that either I'm in love or I'm not in love which we talked about, that that's very much the, the Hollywood culture aspects of it. Love could be nurtured, love could be developed. And he brings an anecdote, very amusing, very good. You know, he found a person, he met an old friend that's 100 pounds overweight, chain smoking, can barely move. And he said, you look terrible. He says, I know, I love to eat and I hate to exercise. And I'm so busy and... I only get three hours of sleep. What about your health? My health is lousy. I'm sick all the time. I have zero energy. But it's Hashem's will that I suffer. This is what Hashem is wants. He wants it, so I accept it. And what Ben Sien Shaif explained, that this person is not about Betachen. That is not what Betachen is about. His declining health is not most likely what Hashem wants from him. And this is a very important Nakuda to understand, and we're not going, this is not the time or place to give deep philosophical um, kind of, uh, discussions about where free will is versus what Hashem controls everything and how that works. That's too deep of a philosophical subject, but for this shir, we'll put it on very practical, simple terms. Emunapshuta, it's one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim of the Rambam. How it works with Hashem knowing everything and controlling everything that we have, Bechira, is not for now, whether it's forever is a separate question, but the, the key is is that Hashem does give us Bechira, free will. We, he allows us to choose, and He allows consequences of that choices, of those choices to take place, which means in this particular story, He, this, this person who is 100 pounds overweight, it's his choice, and he has Bechira, and he needs to do the Hishtadlis to watch his health. And he can't just say, it's Hashem's fault that I'm so uh, overweight, or that I'm not feeling well, or that my health is bad. And the same thing applies with working for a living. Parnasa comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A million percent, there's no question about it. No man, no person could harm him. And but the bottom line is, what Hashem says to 99.9% of us is, we have to get a job. We have to get a job to get parnatsa. We can't just sit back, which means setting up a resume, calling up for interviews. That's part of the hishtadlis that Hashem wants us to do. 
He wants, uh, we're in a second story building and you have a lot, a lot of kids around and it's Hanukkah time. He wants you to put those safety bars on those windows so that the children shouldn't fall out of the window. And it's not an act of God when 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 it when when Khalila uh, something happens, or they can say everything's been Hashemayim. Hashem says, I want you to put those bars in. I want you to look both ways before you cross the street. And I want you to eat healthy. So the bottom line is this is a Yisoy. We can't use Bitachin to blind us from the Achrayis, the very Achrayis that Hashem wants us to do. If you decide not to put any food into your mouth, you're going to starve to death. Hashem, in, and, and if Hashem, for whatever reason, there's a hunger and denies the food in those rare situations that happen through the course of Golas, different story. But if Hashem Baruch Hashem provided you with food, and he puts it before you, and you have to put it in your mouth, and you say, oh, I'm not going to, and you die from, from, from hunger, that's, that's, that's your achrayis, not Hashem's achrayis. That's basically the idea behind this. And the same thing going to us right now is when we quote-unquote say we have lousy marriages. To put it bluntly, people in lousy marriages often blame Hashem. This is what Hashem wants from me. I was born to suffer. And again, we're not talking about matzavim of actual abuse, physical or emotional, real abuse that one of them is inflicting in the other. There's a place to talk about that, and we will. The Ezus Hashem gives Shiurim on abuse. But that's not for now. We're talking about, for the majority of us, Baruch Hashem, that are not abusive. But nevertheless, we have quote-unquote lousy marriages, but we fail to recognize that just like good health is dependent a lot on us to make the proper choices, successful marriages is Hashem saying, make the proper choices. This excuse of saying this is not my zivik, we're a mismatch and so on, is for the most part baloney. Number one is, like we said before, you don't have a navi to know whether it was your true zivik, not your true zivik. But the bottom line, the way Hashem worked it is, is that very often, if even if it is your true zivik, if you make the wrong choices, you could screw things up and you'll end up getting divorced and having a horrible marriage with the person that's your true zivik. And then with a person that may not be, quote-unquote, your true zivik, whatever that's supposed to mean, if you're a mensch and you work on your midas, and so does she, and so does you, you could have a beautiful marriage, even if it was, if you want to call it plan B or whatever you want to call it. It makes no difference. Is this Hashem put it all primarily in our hands. Just like to stay physically fit, you have to do your chiv, your part. If Khalila Khalila, there's a gen- genetical disease, or someone Khalila has a- MS or something like that, that's a different story. Then Hashem put a person in a matzav like that, where he's not that physically healthy. So he, he didn't have Bechira on that. And, or an abusive situation very often that you fell into and you were honest and, 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 and also not. But we're talking again with the majority of us and we can blind our eyes to it to realize that we have to do our part. And if many, very often with most of the couples that are out there, that they say they're in lousy marriages and they blame Hashem, they need to turn inward and do the work that's necessary and they could transform their quote-unquote lousy marriages into beautiful marriages. It's within their realm of what they could do, what Hashem wants you to do. And then when you do that, Hashem fills in the rest. Now, going back to the love idea, 
he brings an anecdote here, and he says this is a typical phone call that he gets, uh, unfortunately, all the time. Um, and it's the same problem and the same solution. Uh, he gets a call from a woman, very troubled, um, and it's my husband. Um, you know, he's responsible, and he's involved with the children, and he davens, and he learns. And in theory, in, 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 on paper, he, he's everything I've always dreamed of in a husband. But I don't love him. I respect him, but I don't love him. So Ben C. and Shafer asked her, how many years are you married? About 10. How many children do you have? Five children, Baruch Hashem. And he asked her, because he's had the same phone call all the time. When was the last time you and your husband go out last time? What do you mean go out? You know, like having dinner one-on-one. We didn't. What about the month before? No. The month before that, silence. The month before that, silence. How about last year? Two years ago, silence. So he responded, you know, it's obvious why you feel distant from your husband. You both are not spending time with together. To maintain the relationship with your husband, you need to spend time bonding and connecting and to renew that sense of love and affection in your marriage. And a big part of that is to spend time together. So she answered back, well, we have the same Ashkafis. We both want the same thing. And we do spend time with together. We share a whole life together. We bring up the children together and the Shabbos table and everything. And then Sin Sheva tried to explain to her that is wonderful. All that is wonderful. But that doesn't keep the bond of love in your marriage going. Because the first thing you need to do is to spend time together as a couple. And next week you get together, you get your babysitters or whatever it is and spend three hours just you and your husband. And then she's quiet and responds, now what are we going to talk about for three hours? Which is the sad part, but the truth is there is plenty to talk about in the three hours. Once you learn how to do it, it's awkward in the the beginning because in the beginning you're going to try to fill up those three hours talking about the things you always talk about. This responsibility, that responsibility, this child, that child. Instead of just the two of you, just having a good time with one another, talking about your inner lives and your inner thoughts and your inner dreams. It's awkward in the beginning, but it's so, so important. The problem is like this, you know, in the dating stage and as newlyweds, you have plenty of time that you talk and bond with each other and you're both emotionally involved and Baruch Hashem baby comes along and many babies and feeding and diapering and bathing and dressing and he gets Tirdas HaParnasa with the jobs and homework now and play dates and birthdays and simchas and going to the doctors and PTAs and chesed committees and simchas they have to run to. It's understandable, but the bottom line is we have to go and fight against that trend of what happens is. In most marriages it goes on autopilot. You're just getting by. So it's not that there's anything wrong. Neither of you have changed. Your values are the same. You're busy with life. It's understandable. But just because it's understandable doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. And that you have to take action and fight against that and be intentional in connecting as a husband as a, and as a wife. And we said very, very many times this concept. Now, he talked, and we talked about it in, in a previous year of, of, of Ben C. and Schaefer's book, that there's tools of bonding, there's infatuation from the beginning, and then there's romantic love. Again, we're not talking about romantic love that Hollywood depicts it, but it's an attraction, an honest, straight-going, real attraction that takes place between a husband and a wife. But the difference is, is that infatuation is instant, it's a brain chemical, 
and it's, it's very intense and exciting. While romantic love, the real romantic love, not the fake one that's used in Hollywood, real romantic love in a healthy way takes time. The infatuation disappears, vaporizes after a while. Romantic love is something else. It doesn't expire. Infatuation expires. It's over in a few months, at most two years, and it's done. Romantic love takes focus, takes intention, takes exercise, takes hard work, and it's enjoyable. Once you start it, it's enjoyable, but it takes discipline. You have to keep at it. Most couples were very good at this romance aspect in the beginning when they were dating each other, or as chassan and kala, and love notes, and gestures, and compliments, and calls in the middle of the day. And while they, when they get married, they stop doing these things because life happened, and they're busy, and now they're talking about other things. But it's worthwhile. You cannot, you cannot give that up. And you need to learn. And he quotes Rav Pam here that says that the courtship needs to continue. And you need to rekindle that spark. To maintain a marriage, a husband and wife has to keep that spark uh, glowing. They have to spend time with each other, talking, bonding, connecting, enjoying each other's company. You actually go out, you leave the house, and you leave the bills and the problems. And get a babysitter. Going out as a couple doesn't mean that you're going together to Costco or to bingo, or to or doing chores to pick up this or that, or to visit your parents or your in-laws. It means alone time. No agenda. And not talking about kids or financing or any thousands of the issues. But just connecting with each other, like a date night. And that is the way, a real key to, to improve the quality of your marriage. And it has to be mamish like a mitzvah. Just like you do whatever you do in the mitzvahs of the Torah. This is a mitzvah. This ritual of connecting with your wife, with your husband, and having that date night, that time alone. And it's very, very important to do that. Without smartphones, without texting, and, and, and with open communication. And he brings down, also people say they can't afford the babysitter. you got to work out somehow to figure out how to afford that babysitter. Because the cost of what it takes to heal and repair a marriage through therapy or through cholila, if it holds, gets to a separation issue with alimony, and this is much more costly. It's worth the expense, no matter how tight you are, to scrimp that money to get that babysitter and to get that money together so you can eat out, not necessarily in an expensive place, but and, and, and you put the harusa to the side, you put the night seder to the side, you put your new business venture to the side, and it's just you and your wife, you and your husband. And that is a very, very important uh, concept, which we're going to be Mamshech Be'ezes Hashem in the upcoming shir.